Joining us on the line, as he does every Wednesday morning, we have the mayor of the town of Collingwood. We say good morning to Brian Saunderson. Hello, Brian. Good morning, John. Good morning, Mel. Let's start with something I know a lot of people are going to be interested in. It is getting close to the end of the year, and that means budget time. So looking ahead to 2022, what is the process like, and, and what can we expect in the, uh, in the budget uh, process? Well, it's been very busy, both at the county and uh, the town. Uh, in terms of getting ready for the budget. At the county, uh, we addressed the budget uh, a couple of times, and yesterday at the committee of the whole, uh, it's been passed in draft form, uh, which will have, see a 2% increase on the county portion of our taxes, uh, which amounts to about $5.47 per $100,000 of assessed value for the homes in Collingwood. And in terms of our town budget, uh Staff and council have discussed it a number of times, and council directed staff to come back with a budget, to, uh, draft budget of about 1% or less in terms of a rate increase, and um, that will be back before council next Wednesday. And so when we're looking at, uh, at the budget at, at a 1%, is that looking like that's going to be where we're, where we're headed? I think it'll be difficult to stay at that number. Uh, people should remember that last year, both at the county and in uh, town taxes, we stayed at 0% mm-hmm. rate increase, uh, and MPAC has frozen assessed values for the last uh, three years now, I think, or at least two. Um, uh, so that will be very difficult um, because we need to make sure that we're uh, covering the services and uh, and with cost of increases, uh, cost of living increases, the CPI index is about uh, is about two percent, and inflation is uh, is variable and increasing uh, given all that's gone on over the last eighteen months. Mm-hmm. So uh, we will be starting at that number, but uh, I think uh, there's a good possibility we'll be above that uh, eventually. Um, and once councils had a look at the budget next Wednesday, it will go out for public consultation, so the public will have an opportunity to weigh in on this as well. And as far as uh, some of the projects that we're looking forward to and that are coming in on the budget, what are some of the big ones? Well, we've seen a lot of our capital projects uh, have, have unfortunately been delayed uh, because of uh, COVID and, uh, and material shortages. Um, and in terms of ongoing capital projects, we have, uh, you know, every year we do a certain amount of infrastructure and term replacement and updating in terms of roads and, uh, and, and sewers and uh, main lines. So that kind of work is ongoing every year mm-hmm. uh, as we update uh, to make sure that uh, our facilities are current. Let's uh, shift gears a little bit here because uh, at some point, the interim control bylaw that is in place right now, putting a pause on new development permits, that's going to be lifted. And on Monday, there was some talk during a committee meeting about what life after that interim control bylaw is lifted is going to look like. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we, uh, one of the intents when we passed the interim control bylaw to pause development was to develop a water allocation framework, a way that we could uh, uh, assess and evaluate uh, development proposals. So it's not just the case of the first uh, first through the door. And so we had hired a consultant, Meridian, uh, to look at uh, developing that type of a framework for mm-hmm. us. 
And so it came back uh, to council or to uh, operations and development standing committee on Monday, and uh, the committee received the report, and uh, that will go out for public consultation now. Uh, they're going to be meeting with our development community uh, as well as other stakeholders. Um, and so what we're looking at is a way that we can assess um, council and our uh, staff can assess development applications and assign points to determine uh, how the development will push or move our community forward in ways that we want. Mm. So we have a framework uh, for evaluating those, uh, looking at uh, uh, how the development uh, fits in with our official plan, um, looking at things like attainable housing, uh, climate change, uh, how does uh, sustainability, uh, and ways that... um, uh, the uh, development will uh, contribute to our, our community and building the type of community that we want. So uh, economic development, they're all part of that framework, and uh, points are assigned for each of those uh, items. Excellent. So like you said, moving our community forward, but but making sure we don't at the same time put a strain on, on the water system. Well, yeah, yes. I mean, the reality is between now and uh, when the new uh, plant uh, comes online in late 2025, early 2026, we are working with the um, uh, capacity constraints. Um, But also, once we've got the new plant online and uh, the new water allocation framework, we'll also be looking at wastewater. So, I mean, we've learned a number of hard lessons through this uh, capacity uh, issue, and that is that we always need to be mindful of what the capacity is of our infrastructure as new development comes online, um, but also how do we want to develop the community moving forward and, and uh, what's the lens that we're going to assess all development applications mm-hmm. through. So we now know uh, and we'll always be monitoring what capacity we have versus what development is coming online and, and what our future needs are in terms of infrastructure from water and wastewater. Uh, but also looking at uh, moving forward, once the new plant is online, we'll still continue to use the allocation assessment uh, to make sure that the development that's coming to town is, is development that we need. Right. We're talking about long-term right now. Let's bring it back to the short-term. Tomorrow is, of course, Remembrance Day and the return of an in-person service here in Collingwood. Yes, the uh, Collingwood Legion is going to go to a real-time service tomorrow at 11 a.m., and the public is invited. They're asking that people be respectful and uh, socially distance and uh, wear masks. Um, and at 11 o'clock, there will be no parade this year, but mm-hmm. we will be able to gather in person uh, to recognize this important event and, uh, uh, and uh, veterans. Mm-hmm. From the first, second, and Korean wars in Afghanistan and all the peacekeeping missions in between uh, and remember the sacrifices of those that uh, served our country and continue to serve. Absolutely. And if people want more details on, on that service or on anything going on in the town of Collingwood, where can they go? They can go to uh, the Collingwood website at www.collingwood.ca uh, and the details should be there. Mayor of the town of Collingwood, Brian Saunderson, thank you as always for joining us on Talk of the Town. Great to catch up with you. It's great to talk to both of you. Have a good day. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. 
Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.